0: What's up Kiki Crew, this is your girl Coco with another episode of Kiki and with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends, family, or guests come on the show and we kiki about whatever the topic of the day is. So today's episode is a little bit different from how we normally do things there's normally a guest that comes on the show. But this week, you're just gonna get me. So it for the first time in Kiki, Kiki and Wakoko history, it is a solo episode. I figure when I first started the show, I was like so geek that I was doing it that I never did an About Me episode. So for y'all that have been listening... Since day one, y'all probably kind of figured out who I am, what it is that I do, but I wanted to do an episode, especially for my new listeners, to basically let y'all know who I am, what I do, and why I think I can give people advice. And like I said, when I don't know, when I'm not the subject matter expert, I get somebody on the show who can talk about it. But... I do feel like my life experience allows me to give a little advice here and there. So we're going to go ahead and kick off today's show like normal, which is a drink with cocoa. And this week's drink with cocoa was recommended to me still. Um, Not that I don't know any other drinks, but it was recommended and I do want to try it. So I want y'all to try it. But shout out to my girl Tatiana. For sending me this drink, it's called Cupid's Arrow Recipe. And it's real cute. I'll say that it's going to be sweet, but it's going to be strong. So, what you're going to do is you're going to take a whole bunch of strawberries. You're going to slice them up. Then you're going to take some mint leaves. put Take the mint leaves. And you're going to put these in like an ice tray and fill it with... 16 ounces of fruit punch so you'll use a bottle a 16 ounce bottle of the fruit punch but basically you making ice cubes with these strawberries and mint and the juice now for the actual drink you're going and of course let that freeze now for the actual drink you're going to use like an individual bottle of jack daniels lemonade you're going to do a shot of tequila and a half ounce of, or a half a shot of grenadine. And that is the Cupid's arrow recipe. Of course, I will be posting this on my social media. So make sure y'all check it out. Try it out. And if you do, go ahead and post it on Instagram. Let me know y'all out here trying these drinks. Do a hashtag, drink with cocoa. And of course, tag me. So now that we got the Drink With Cocoa out the way, it is Black History Month. So I wanted to continue giving y'all little black unknown history facts. And so this week, and if y'all heard that paper rustling, I wrote down all my notes because I didn't have to send these to nobody, so I wrote them out. But... This week's Black History Fact is about the forgotten first black female superstar, and her name was Mamie Smith. So we have heard of some other female blues singers like Ma Rainey or Bessie Smith, and both of those women have had movies within the present day made for them. So we have Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, they had Viola Davis, as my Rainy, and that movie is on Netflix. And then we had Bessie, which was which premiered on HBO with Queen Latifah. And it definitely just showed what it was like for black women trying to break into the music music industry during that time. But before those two individuals specifically got into music, there was Mamie Mamie Smith who was the first black woman to ever record any songs. And so at that time, of course, in the 1920s or prior to, no one wanted to put a black woman on a record. They felt that black people wouldn't buy it. But of course, somebody believed in her. They got her to record some songs, and one of her biggest songs was called Crazy Blues this song ended up selling 75,000 copies within the first month of its release. And this was just in Harlem, New York. So it didn't even, it sold that many in one month just in Harlem. So you know people, black people of course, were wanting music like this from people that look like them. So this song is one of the first racial protest type songs of of in history from a black person um it spoke about racial violence that occurred during the red summer look that up if y'all don't know what it is or maybe that'd be my little black history fact next week who knows but she did appear in a couple of films during that time and she made about $100,000 in royalty, which, of course, at that time was a lot of money. You talk about 100000 now, you probably blow through that in one week just paying off debt and trying to buy yourself something nice. But, you know, at that time, that was a lot of money. But unfortunately, like most black celebrities or famous people... She ended up dying with no money, and this was in 1946. And I want to say, let's attribute that to no one was teaching nobody how to how to manage their money at that time. You ain't never had nothing. Now you got some money. You can go buy whatever it is you want. So I'm not surprised that that ended up happening to her. But let's take this into perspective. It has been over 100 years at this point. Since her song Crazy Blues came out. And I will definitely say she made it possible for Ma Rainey or Bessie Smith. And of course for, you know, our present day um, musicians and singers and actors, um, actresses. Well, female, the females of these industries. But she's definitely made it possible for the type of music we listen to today She's made it where Beyonce can sing about being fine one day and be singing about racial injustices the next day. So, look up Mamie Smith if you want to know more about her story. It was definitely more to tell, but I tried to hit on, you know, just the pertinent information. But, you know, and... I didn't know who Mamie Smith was before I looked this information up either, but go ahead, look that information up, and now we're going to go ahead and get into the word on the street. So, word on the street this week, there is a new app out there for dating. So, for all you single people that's tired of the tenders and, you know, whatever other kind of apps people out there using to date, plenty of fish, or I don't even know if that's still a thing. But I will say I am an advocate of online dating. I met my current boyfriend on Tinder, and we are 10 months strong. So, you know, shout out to my boo. But um, like I said, there is a new app out there And what makes this app different from other dating apps is that it allows people to add voice captions to the pictures that they upload. And they're saying it allows you to build a deeper connection. And I will say, I am a sucker for a nice, strong, deep voice. So if I heard it now, voices can be misleading. But... (laughs) supposed to help you build a deeper connection with someone so now not only do you know what this person looks like but you can now put a voice to it and be like "Mm, now you are even more attractive so this app is called heart to heart if any of y'all remember the party line i think this is a modern day version of that the only difference is besides just hearing somebody's voice Now you can see their face and, you know, just put some things together for yourself. But if you are single and you out there trying these dating apps, I say check out Heart to Heart. Let me know what that's hitting for. You know, not that I'm looking, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, let, let me know what it's hitting for. Now, speaking of meeting your soulmate or lack thereof the soulmate. If you guys haven't heard, CNN commentator Van Jones, he just had a baby but with a friend. Now, it's a lot of people out here having babies with their friends or people they just hooking up with. The boyfriends, you know, the girlfriends, you know, whatever. Um, in this case, this person that he had a child with is literally just his friend. They were not just Hooking up. They were not romantically involved. They just, they were friends. They both realized they both wanted children and they made the conscious decision to have a child together and to consciously co parent. Van Jones says that it's a concept that he hopes more people would explore and consider. Now, I don't see nothing wrong with the concept of having a child with a friend especially if y'all know like with a friend you know your friend and especially if they have children already you know what kind of parent they are so it's kind of like you already have that insight that you would be able to co-parent with someone which i think is something not a lot of us take into consideration now me personally I don't have any children, so it's definitely something I have taken into consideration. But um, there are some people out there who don't necessarily take that into consideration. And so you probably either found yourself in a situation where you are unable to co-parent with someone or you are like successfully co-parenting with someone. And I definitely feel like... Regardless if you are in a relationship with someone and you break up or you just, it happened, now y'all got a baby. I think the best thing is to always, like, try to find a way to co-parent with one another. But in this specific instance, but for, for people out there, I will say this concept, and it's not just for people who don't have children. Like, of course, people who already have children can find themselves in a situation where, hey, I'm single, I know I want more children. And maybe there's someone in your life that you feel comfortable doing that with. And so I say, if that is the case, like by all means, do what you feel is best for you. And just know like you're consciously choosing to co-parent with someone and not feel like, oh, I gotta be in a relationship with this person And I think like with just times changing, family dynamics changing, I think it's okay to make these kinds of decisions. Now granted back in the the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, and prior to people would definitely probably frown upon something like this. But I think it is um, an amazing decision for this individual and the person he is choosing to co-parent with And I definitely think for anybody out there that knows they want to have children, whether that be more children or just have a baby in general, I think if you have someone in your life that, you know, you could trust, you you think they would be a good parent, I would definitely say go for it. Don't let societal norms keep you from doing what it is that's going to make you happy. So... That's my little two bit, um, that situation. And so now that we done with the word on the street, we're going to go ahead and roll into the hot cup of cocoa. So now that we in the hot cup of cocoa, I mentioned that this is a solo episode, as you can see. Um, I will say I have strayed away from doing a solo episode because not that I was nervous or anything, but I just thought it would be weird to just be talking to myself. But, you know, I think it's time that I finally do this episode, this solo episode, let my new listeners um, learn more about me, and then, of course, just give my... All my day ones, you know, that intro that they was needing. But like I mentioned before, I think when I initially started the podcast, I think I was just super pressed to get it out there and and get it done and just be like, okay, I did it. So now I'm I'm finally ready to tell y'all about me versus like giving y'all bits and pieces here and there. So let's go ahead and and start out with like Who am I? So when I initially started the podcast, I did not want to put my real name out there. So like in the first few episodes, y'all hear a lot of bleeps when people would slip, when my friends would slip up and say my name, but my real name is Crystal and or Crystal because it is spelled with a O and not an A. And my mom said it just didn't seem like it sounded right. With the A, so technically Crystal. But we go with Crystal for professional purposes. And I am originally from Chicago, born and raised, never lived anywhere else before I came to the military, Um, visited down south. I know a lot of people say, you ain't from no Chicago, you got a, a southern drawl about yourself. Well, I grew up also around my grandparents who were from Mississippi. And, you know, folks from the South don't say a lot of words, right? So, I do say y'all and stuff like that. But I am born and raised in Chicago. City girl to the death of me. But I am getting used to this suburban life. What I do for a living. So, I am in the military And I have been in the military for the past 14 years. I will say I came into the military like I'm doing my four and I'm going to get on up out of here. But so many opportunities, like every time it would come time for me to get out the military, I was able to move to a new location and it just seemed like where I got promoted and so the getting was just getting too good for me to, to let it go. Now, will I say do the military? Like, is it a stressful job? Yes, it is a stressful job. And what I do in the military is finance. So before I came to the military, I was in college. I went to the University of Illinois at Chicago and I was majoring in finance. So when I came to the military, I thought finance was what I wanted to do. I was good at math. And so it was just like, okay, this is right up my alley. But then when you you when you when think about finance, you think about like accounting, things like that. You don't necessarily think about being in payroll. And that's where a majority of my career has been. And it's not fun, you know, managing people's paychecks because when you're messing with people's money, People get a little funny and sometimes you get cussed out. And when I say I've been cussed out a few times about somebody's pay being messed up, not because I did it, but, you know, somebody come to your your counter, you just like, hey, how can I help you? I ain't get no paycheck. Why ain't get no paycheck? So those are the type of things that I deal with normally at work. Um, You know, being in the military, you do deploy, I have deployed once in my career, and I will like I did I wasn't dodging bullets or nothing like that, but I was in the desert, basically in a support function, um, basically like the hub for the desert, so it was a safe zone, and I really enjoyed that deployment. And a lot of people like, of course, you see in the media what what it looks like when we're at war. And it can be a scary thing. When I first joined the military, people was like, we at war. What What are you doing? Are you crazy? But at the time, I was just thinking like, nobody else is paying for me to go to school besides my mama. And it was like, I don't want to put that burden on my mother, even though I know my mom feels like that's, that was her responsibility. I felt like It was like I was paying $14,000 a year for school and I lived at home. So it was just like, yeah, this is too expensive. So I decided to come to the military because, like I said, school is expensive. And I also wanted to experience living on my own and being an adult. But I also knew I didn't want to struggle. So it was like, how can I afford to take care of myself, still go to school, and live comfortably? So I decided to go to the military. So that's how I ended up here. And, I mean, there are days when I'm like, I don't want to do this. But I do not regret my decision to come to the military. Even though some days can be hard and stressful, you know, I still do it. I still believe working and being an adult is the ghetto. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Because we all grow up at some point and we all got responsibilities and obligations. And so, this is how I fund my responsibilities and obligations and also fund my passion project. But, with being in the military, like, I've gained so much life experience Life, of course, I am world-traveled, I have met many different people, I have had many, I ain't gonna say many, I don't count all the relationships, but like serious relationships, I've had three serious relationships so far, and you know, I think through that experience, that is what made me start a podcast. Now, how I got to doing a podcast, like, I listen to podcasts all the time. And my first podcast that I, like, really got into, and I still listen to it religiously, is called The Read. And it's pop culture. And then they have people write letters, and the letters be cracking me up. Like, that is what made me want to do podcasting. It seemed like it was fun but but of course like I'm not thinking about a podcast at this time. that was just like what I like to do in my pastime. but I had friends who were just super motivated to start businesses and make money outside of their regular jobs. And it was just like I want to do that too. but you also when you're trying to figure out your passion, You got to figure out what you good at and what you ain't. And what I have realized is I am not a seller. Now, do I sell merchandise for this podcast? Yes, I do. But for it to be my main focus, like I'm selling a product, that's not my thing. I can sing, but it's not something I would like to do professionally or... Something I even like to do in public. It's something I like to do for myself. And you know, when, when I do go to church, faithfully, I don't mind joining a choir and singing my praises to the Lord. But like I said, it's not something I, I am it's not something I'm passionate about. So it's not anything I would want to pursue like professionally. So there's that. Um I used to be a cheerleader. Like, I think I was pretty good at it. So in Chicago, they have, like, all-star teams. And all-star teams are, like, teams that your parents have to pay for you to be a part of. But then also, you end up learning, like, so many different things. Like, how to flip, how to do stunts. You know that type of thing. It's not just like rah 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 with the pom poms, like it was competitive cheer. And I was on two competitive cheerleading all-star teams. And at one point it was like, Do I want to be a cheer coach? But I'm so far removed from that as like I haven't cheered since high school. So it was kind and I'm not in Chicago with the people I used to cheer with, and pretty much all those people are cheer coaches. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm not in that space to do that. So then it was just like, well, what am I good at? And what I've come to the conclusion is that I'm good at talking, which I'm also realizing now as I sit here and hold this whole conversation by myself. But yeah, so I realized I was good at talking. And it's just like, well, what can I do that could start a business with talking? and I decided to make a podcast. So that's how we got here. Cause it was just like, well, this is, this is what I know I'm good at. You know, I can talk, I can talk to anybody. So that's how I got started doing a podcast. Super, I'm super grateful for this experience. When I tell you, I have learned So many things. Like, when you think about starting a podcast, you're like, oh, yeah, we just got to, you just got to record and put it out there, baby. (laughs) No, no. It's so much more to it. You know, you got to learn how to edit. Like, that first episode, I really did not think this through. Like, I did the episode, and then it was just like, oh, crap, now I got to figure out how to edit this. And so... Literally, YouTube guided me through that first episode because I didn't do no practice beforehand. I was just like, yeah, we're going to get on here record. We're going to keep, you know. Yeah, I crash course on how to edit. Now, I will say I've if you listen to the first few episodes and you listen to the episodes now, I definitely think they're a lot more polished than in the beginning I listened to those episodes and I cringe because I'm like, girl, you, what was you thinking? But at the time, it was just like, you know, I got to get it out there, you know, make it happen. And so, but over time, I think I have definitely gotten better with editing. I've even dabbled a little bit with the video for YouTube. I had to stop doing the YouTube because that that was some extensive extensive editing powers that i'm not ready to tap into because that's editing video is really a lot of work so kudos and shout out to the people who really do youtube full-time because that is a full time job i don't got that type of time as much as i would like to to really learn how to edit a video It ain't the time right now. So y'all bear with me. And one day y'all might get video again, but it ain't today. So yeah. So that is how the podcast came to be and and the things I have learned. And I and even taking my talking abilities to a whole nother level because a lot of these guests y'all are starting to hear more recently are legit strangers, Like, I'm reaching out to folks just on a whim and a prayer hoping somebody say, yeah, I'll do your podcast. And, you know, I'd be surprised when I get people that actually have a huge following come and be on the show because you just think, like, oh, you're busy. Like, you're not going to want to do my little podcast. But, I mean, honestly, what's the worst somebody can say? No, not respond. That's fine. Let me go find somebody else to be on the episode. No worries, you know, and sometimes I do still have my friends come on the show because I have all types of different friends and it's, especially during the pandemic, I feel this podcast is what has helped me stay connected with people and not get so caught up in, you know, I just go home from work. I just be on the couch, which I do do a lot still because my job is draining but it it gives me a space to be sociable and I don't have to physically be around folks to do it. So as much as I do like to talk, I will say over the years I have become introverted. And when I'm at work, I, I mean, I talk to people all day at work. I have to think a lot at work. So when I get home, I just be like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to think. You know, I just want to chill. So I do, and just with my experiences with friends and so forth, you know, sometimes it's scary making friends and meeting new people. And you would think at 30 something years old, you wouldn't still be making new friends. But because of the profession, being in the military, moving around so much, you're always constantly making friends with new people. And Mind you, you still got to keep up with the friends that you made before, you know. So, that is that is a hard part, especially when you're not a big like-to-talk-on-a-phone person, which I am not. I love texting because it don't interrupt me from what I'm doing. Now, mind you, half the time i be on the couch doing nothing. But still, you interrupting my show if I got to stop and talk to you, you know, Nothing against no, none of my friends that listen to this show. Love y'all. Love talking to y'all. But sometimes when I'm watching my show, I don't want to talk. Or sometimes it's just background noise. And I'm just playing a game on my phone or something. But that's what I be doing when I'm at home, y'all. When I'm not out turning up, I'm literally on the couch doing nothing. Um, which is my favorite pastime. But I also know... Doing just that can sometimes put you in a rut as well, and I have, I have definitely been in a rut before, and now we got we gonna kind of get into my relationship history, um, just so I can give y'all some some insight and let y'all know why I think I'm qualified to to talk to y'all about some things in regards to relationships, and it really just got to do with the things, the lessons learned, what not to do. That's, that's where my experience comes from, what you ain't supposed to be doing. But my, my very first relationship in the military, when I tell you it was all-consuming, um, just being young and not, not understanding how to deal with those type of feelings. Not understanding now. I mean, we all grow up knowing that, you know, every reaction to every action is a reaction, you know, that type of type of jazz. But, you know, not really, really learning that in regards to a relationship until, you know, you get out there for the first time and. You don't have nobody telling you, like, no, you can't see this person today. Like, you know, now I can spend as much time as I want with this person. I can stay the night with this person. They can stay with me. We can go out all the time, you know. And and it was very, very all-consuming and very, very toxic. Um, To this day, do I regret being in that relationship? No, I do not. Um, Cause I learned a lot from that relationship and that person and it was like, that person, even though it was toxic, that person was also a really good friend to me. Like we literally had so much fun with each other when we would be together. And, you know, I, I think it was just someone I was meant to be with at that time to teach me what it was to be in love with somebody and you know shout out to him he know who he is he does listen to this podcast <laughs> so hey there but um you know we are good friends now did it take us a long time to get to this space yes it did um i think with that like and i will say i think we both hurt each other broke each other's heart in some, in some kind of shape, form, or fashion, and we ain't going to get into the details, but just know we both did some foul things. It, it wasn't just him, and it wasn't just me. You know, we both played a part in the demise of our relationship, but like I said, it was a lesson learned. So that was about 2008 to 2011, and you know, fast forward to 2015, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you can put your, get yourself in a rut. There was a time, probably around 2015, where I was in a rut. Like, I just, I really wanted to be in a relationship. And if you've been around the military, been in the military, are in the military basically everyone is married and i was just trying to figure out like why isn't this happening for me so yeah i was in a rut because things just wasn't going my going the way i wanted them to go so i didn't want to get out the bed i mean of course i did these things now of course i had a job i had to go to every day but It was really a struggle when i didn't have to go to work to bring myself to do anything and it like just being honest with myself it really just stemmed from me being unhappy that i wasn't in a relationship and then lo and behold one day i meet this guy very nice looking man very deep voice and my friend kept telling me, ooh, girl, he's looking at you. And I'm like, mm, is he, mm, okay. And so, me being who I am, I approached him. I said, hey, my name is Coco. What's your name? And I remember I had a friend, she asked me one time, she was like, you always seem to meet people. What do you say to people? And kid you not, my opening line all the time is, hey, my name is Crystal, or my name is Coco. And he said, hey, and when I heard his voice, I was like, I was like taken aback. back, like, mm? This, mm? like his voice was just so deep, y'all, so deep. And like, I was instantly like, okay, let's see what this is going to do, you know? So we exchanged numbers and literally from that day for about a month and a half, we were inseparable. Every day. And then he moved in. And then, and mind you, that was at a month and a half. And then three months later, I had talked this man into marrying me. I didn't ask him to marry me. But I definitely kept bringing it up. Like, if we know we want to get married, why don't we get married? And he finally gave in and asked me to marry him. Now, here is where the lesson learned comes in. Don't be so pressed to be, to be married. Because if that man want to marry you, and this is for the ladies, if that man want to marry you, he will make that happen. So, But in that moment, mind you, I just wanted to be in a relationship, just wanted to be married. And before we got married, we definitely had a little, some little bumps in the road. But I think there were definitely indicators that we weren't meant to be together. I just wanted to be married. And so we got married. He asked on a Sunday. And on a Friday, we was married. (laughs) So, yeah. Your girl moves fast. But, fast forward. About nine months later. He say, I don't want to be married no more. And I'm just like, "Mm? what you mean you don't want to be married no more? You know, so that was that and so you know I I had to go along with it we didn't do marriage counseling or anything like that but it started me on my journey of therapy because at first it started out like what do I do to help this man stay married to me and you know of course throughout that therapist journey that therapy journey it was just kind of like Okay, I, I accept that he don't want to be married no more. You know, how do I move past this situation? And when I tell you that journey and if I need therapy tomorrow, I, I have been out of therapy now, i probably say for about a year. <clears throat> but I definitely believe in maintenance. But so if I needed to go to therapy tomorrow, I would. I'm really about point five seconds from going back to therapy. Just to deal with the stress I go through every day. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But just going to therapy alone, I feel like helped me get in a healthy space where I now understand what what a healthy relationship looks like or, you know... Not to enter into relationships just because I want to be in a relationship. I think it really helped me feel like I want to be single. Like it it helped me get through my single phase. And I am super appreciative for that time frame where I was single. Because I got back to being me and doing what it is that I love to do which is to really just be around the people that make life fun. Going on trips with my friends, going home to see my parents, my mom, you know, those types of things. And so, like, really focus on me and getting me to a place where I felt like I was, where I was good and good with being by myself. And even now, even even now, me being in a relationship, we we pseudo long distance because he lives an hour and a half away from me, but I enjoy the time that I have to myself. Not feeling like I need to be up under this person all the time. Like I feel like I'm in a healthy space when it comes to. You know, the time I spend with the person I'm with and the time that I spend by myself. Like, I'm still able to focus on me and the things that I need to do. But I also have someone that I can spend time with and to love on and get that affection from, you know, that affection from. So, that's where I'm at now. And that is my third, this would be my third serious relationship and this happened, we met on Tinder in 2020, and then we made it official after we, like, finally met each other in about April of 21. So, yeah, we, we 10 months into Spain. But, um, yeah, so that's my relationship history, my experience that makes me, I feel, qualified to talk about the lessons learned and what you shouldn't be doing based on the things I have done wrong. And, of course, you know, letting y'all know, like, therapy is amazing. It works wonders. Because now I don't just do therapy for relationships. I do therapy for life. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it is something that's a part of my life. And no, I may not do it all the time. But, and and I call that same therapist, even if there is a a break in service, I will call back and be like, hey, I think I need to talk. I want to make sure I'm dealing with this appropriately. Because I do think that mental and emotional health is a part of what makes us who we are it's those scars that we build along the way that, um, they don't have to define us, but they definitely, um, dictate how we operate, but you don't have to use those experiences as bad, you know, just use them to do differently or, you know, make different decisions. And so that's why I choose therapy. I recommend it for everybody. Cause before when I first started, I was like, I wish I had a been going to therapy. Just because. Just because maybe sometimes you want an unbiased opinion. Like, of course, your friend's gonna ride for you. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes you just want an unbiased opinion. And that's what I love about going to therapy. It makes you do that 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 work within that you don't have to do with your friends, you know? So, I'm an advocate for therapy. Go to therapy, people. We all need it. Whether it's to deal with the stress in your life from your job, your family, your man, your woman, whatever it is, therapy is going to get you in the space you need to be. And... You know, we, we coming to a close. I didn't think I was going to get this long in the conversation. I thought like, yeah, this episode going to be like 30 minutes, you know. <laughs> we 43 minutes in, y'all. But do I feel like I found my passion? I do feel like I have found my passion. Do I feel like this could be something? I mean, I hear from people all the time that they think this, that my show is good. They They feel like I have found my thing, and I feel that way as well. So maybe one day... I'm not going to say maybe. I'm going to speak this thing into existence. Y'all going to see Coco outside of Instagram. Y'all going to see Coco on the TV. You know what I'm saying? I'm putting that out in the universe. So that is a thing. I, I do believe I am stepping into a prophecy that was given to me back in 2015. And... No, it was actually 2014. This prophecy was given to me. But it was said that people would would basically be coming to listen, to listen to hear the things that I have to say. So I feel like this is the starting steps to that being a thing. So yes, this show is going to go somewhere. And we just want to keep on working at it. You know, I just had my first article released. And The crazy part about it is it unexpectedly came to me at my two-year anniversary of doing this podcast, and I'm about to have my second article released soon, so this is definitely showing me that people out there are liking the things that I'm saying. They're liking what I'm putting out, so I definitely think that the show is going to go somewhere. I think I have found my passion. And you know we 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 grow every day. So when people ask you the question, "What do I want to be when I grow up?" I think of like I'm still growing up because as you can see, you grow every day. You know, my career in the military is not a forever career. I'm capped. I mean, I ain't capped at twenty because I can go to thirty, but your girl's gonna cap herself at twenty. Because, yeah, the military, it has been wonderful to me. It has been stressful. It has been the reason why I probably have so many gray hairs at this point, at this early point in my life. But, you know, at some point, this I do have to take this uniform off and do something else. So I still have an opportunity to have a second career outside of this one. So when I say, what do I want to be when I grow up? I'm still figuring that out. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I got it all figured out. I I literally take life day by day. Do I like to plan things out? Some things, just some things I do take day by day. And I would say as far as my career, I'm definitely taking it day by day. But this podcast is going to be a avenue to something greater. I will say that. I am working on my real estate license to bring in a second stream of income. Because as I grow older, I understand that multiple streams of income is important. And I know for me, this one income ain't enough. So your girl is looking for another stream of income. So that's that. But I do think me getting a real estate license is to help fund what my passion is because my job fund my life. This other, this second stream of income is going to fund my passion and, and my fun times, you know, but I definitely think that this podcast has been something amazing to me. Even though I say I cringe listening to episodes from the beginning, I do enjoy listening to the growth that I have had over these past two years. I am grateful to my parents for instilling the work ethic that I have because your girl works hard every day. I try to be, even though this is the not the motto for the branch of service I am in, I definitely try to be all I can be in everything that I do because the one thing that drives me is I don't ever want to fail even though... We all have some stumbling blocks along the way. Um, Failure is not an option. You know, there may be some things you start and realize like, yeah, this ain't for me. But I don't look at that as a failure. I look at it as a stepping stone to get you to where you're trying to be. So, yeah. That's where I'm at. This podcast is going to be great. I'm going to be great. Like I said, I appreciate my parents for instilling the amazing work ethic I have, you know, giving me the life lessons that parents are supposed to give. You know, I thank you to my friends for continually encouraging me to to keep going and to do it. To the people that listen to me that ain't my friend or my family, I appreciate y'all because seeing those numbers every week get better encourages me. So, yeah, that's where we at. I hope y'all enjoy learning about Coco and some of the foolishness that I have have done in my life. And like I said, I wasn't going to give y'all specifics into everything, but just wanted to give y'all a little little piece of me to help y'all understand why it is that I do what I do and how I do. So... Like always, y'all can follow me on social media at KeekingWithCoco, tell a friend. Y'all can always hit up my website to keep up to date with all the new episodes. And if y'all have any questions that y'all would like to ask, feel free. You can email me at KeekingWithCocoPod at gmail.com. And, of course, you can always hit me up on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I, I pretty much got them all. But you got multiple ways to reach out, ask your questions. You know, because I, I am starting to ask Coco segment back up. So, just waiting on y'all to send me some questions. But I love y'all. I enjoy doing what I do. And until next time, bye. Bye.